Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Let me mark a couple of things down, like today's date, so as I log my calls, I'll have them on the right date. Good to have you tuned. Good to have you tuned in this morning. We are here to answer your lawn and garden questions on this day that may bring rain to some parts of Texas. Hallelujah. Always nice to have rain in the middle of May, and uh, glad to have you here. If you'd like to call, the phone number is 888 888- Two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty. Jared Taylor is back in the saddle today, running the boards and answering the phones. He'll be the first person you'll talk to. I would be the second then, unless you hang up, and then I don't know who you'll talk to at that point. Nobody'll like you if you hang up on us. So uh, anyway, give us a call. Uh, all lines are open right now, and. Uh, So I really would love to hear from you. I can help you with any of your lawn questions, any of your uh, vegetable garden, um, fruit gardening questions, anything of that sort, and I'll be happy to give it the best shot I can. I had a a call last week from a a listener who was wondering about blackberries where the uh, druplets were not filling out properly, and I did a little research, promised I'd do that and would answer it in eGardens, which I did. Um, that's my free electronic newsletter, so uh, got that answer out on Thursday. But um, that's just a lack of pollination. can be caused by cool weather when they're in bloom. can be caused by poor bee activity, which can be caused by uh, not enough bees, although that caller, I think it was a lady, I think she said she had lots of bees, but uh, it may be that it was cool at the time and they weren't as active as they should have been. But anyway, it's uh, poor pollination, but lots and lots of uh, uh, university information on that. I uh, was really happy to see that because it made the answer very easy for me to find, and I'm always grateful for that. So that was somebody who called from, well, let's see. Let me look it up. It's on last week's record. See, this is why I keep these records. That was uh, uh, Gale in Washington County, Roseboro variety of blackberries. So anyway, hope that uh, is of help. And if she's listening this morning, there's the answer again. And uh, most years that won't be a problem. Um, anyway, like to hear from you at 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. If I don't have the answer, I will get it for you uh, and I'll or do my best trying. And uh, so please do call. Uh, I told you last week that it had been a really strenuous two or three months. And uh, on my other program in the afternoon that I do in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, I told them it is not health-related, but I couldn't talk about it. reason was my wife was running for re-election to uh, the uh, school board in our hometown of McKinney, Texas. And it had been an especially contentious school board election, one of the huge, powerful PACs, highly funded packs through the Metroplex was running candidates in opposition to the three incumbents in McKinney. And uh, I didn't want to take, uh, there had been suits filed of uh, ethics violations of of things that were just, my opinion, not necessary. And I didn't want to add to that by doing anything wrong uh, in saying anything about uh, why I was tired, why this, why that. I can tell you now because the election is over, my wife won handily 60 61 2 percent of the vote um, she is an incumbent 
and uh, both of the other incumbents won as well, as did almost all of the Collin County um, candidates against this gigantic steamroller pack wanting to control the school boards in the entire county, and they're not even in the county, so I won't get into any of it, but but it was a great uh, election. Um, my wife, when she is sworn in on Tuesday night, she is a hero in our town, and when she is sworn in Tuesday night, she will begin her 40th year of service to the McKinney School Board. Volunteer, there's absolutely no pay. In fact, we will end up paying a lot of money for her campaign uh, this time because I wouldn't let her stand out there without any ammunition. Her opponent had uh, tens of thousands of dollars uh, given by the pack, I guess. I don't know yet. But uh, anyway, it was a rough three months. And just if I ever sounded like, oh, man, he sounds like he's gassed. Well, we both were so glad to have that election behind us. And uh, anyway, that's where we are. A lot of candidates. And, and if when your local elections come up, I really sincerely mean that. They're very important in your community, and that local involvement is very important in your community. So do vote. Do register and do vote. Um, I need calls. It's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Do vote and do call, and uh, let's get the program underway. Love to have you uh, as a as a caller this morning. There's a lot going on in our landscapes and in our gardens across uh, Texas right now. And the things are beginning to even out as the whole state gets warm. And uh, so uh, questions will be more and more pertinent to the entire state. Let me tell you about my book before we get anything going. And that is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I have it on sale for a little bitty time longer. And uh, if you want to give it as a Mother's Day gift, just say, you know what? I heard Neil talk about his book and I'm going to give it to you. And I know you're not going to get it by Mother's Day because I just ordered it day before Mother's Day. But it will be coming very quickly. And so you can do that if you want to, if that doesn't sound too tacky. Uh, but otherwise, it's a, it's a wonderful housewarming gift or, or a birthday present or just a gift from you to your garden. It's 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It, uh, was, it was and has been all the way through printed by Clear Visions in San Antonio, out by the airport in San Antonio, and abound by Universal Book Bindery in San Antonio, historic book bindery in San Antonio. I wanted my book to be totally Texas, Texas-based, and that was important to me. Now, it has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, the, the, the framework of what it takes to be successful in Texas. You need to know about the soils of Texas and the climatic zones of Texas. That applies to all kinds of gardening in Texas and uh, our temperature ranges in Texas, etc. Chapter 2 is a calendar. I've never put this in any book before, ever. Of the five books that I've written, never been there. Uh, it tells you when to plant, when to prune, when to fertilize, and when to protect, when to spray and put granules out, etc., for all of the plants that you're trying to grow in your landscape and garden. It's 48 pages, four pages per month of what to do and when to do it. Chapters 3 through 11 are long chapters that involve trees and then shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials. Those are both really long chapters. And uh, then lawns and fruit and vegetables. Uh, 
It's all in the book. It's all waiting for you to access it. You'll be successful as a gardener if you follow the guidelines in Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I wrote it for the entire state of Texas. So you can buy it if you're in southeast Texas or northwest Texas and know that it is written in a way where I explain what you do in those areas versus south Texas versus northeast Texas, for example. Now, I have it on sale at $36.95 for a limited time. It's a hardback, too, by the way. It's the best of all worlds. Now, you cannot buy it in stores. You can't buy it on Amazon. So you say, well, Neil, I can't put my hands on it. I can't look at it. I know that. And so I give you a total guarantee of satisfaction or your money will be refunded. 78000 plus that I've sold, and not one person has asked for a refund to date. So you can't lose on this deal. It'll be a signed copy. I sign on Sunday nights and Mondays. We'll have it in the mail by Tuesday or Wednesday of this week to you. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening for $36.95. Here are the two ways you can buy it. You call my office or you go to my website. The website's the better way, but if you want to call to order it, you do so Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-GROW. 4769. The website is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. At Mueller, they believe in value. Their value plus buildings are pre-engineered and they feature an easy-to-assemble, bolt-together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail-resistant, and they come backed by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But true value never stops at a quality product at a reasonable price. It shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. The folks at Mueller understand that buying a steel building or a metal roof for your home can be lifetime decisions, and Mueller will provide assurance before and during and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You're going to get more for your money, and you'll get more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. Call them, 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877 877- Two six eight three five five three, or visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, because Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. Hi, Kelly. Thank you very much. A lot of graduations, lots of other things going on in people's lives, so this is a good day for you to call through. I want to give you the number, then I need to uh, share a couple of things that are gotta-dos at this time of year if you if you have either of these issues, and uh, so pay attention to them. Uh, if you'd like to call the number, as Kelly Robinson just mentioned, 888-256-1080. That means it's toll-free for you. Anywhere you can hear me, you can call me toll-free. We are live on this uh, Saturday morning, about the middle of of May, not quite. And um, we went to our our oldest grandchild's college graduation at UNT in business and finance last night. And I got to tell you, that was that was special. That was very, very special. Uh, He is uh, a fine young man. He's a dad, has three, a three year old daughter. And uh, she was proud of her dad, and we were proud of her dad, and it just 
and his mom is proud of him as well. So it was a great evening. Lots of graduations going on right now. Give us a call, won't you please? Eight, you can call right during the ceremony. Nobody will ever notice. 888-256-1080. Please do. Uh, the things that need to be done right now, you, you have limited uh, time span in which you can apply a, uh, uh, you're, you're trying to control the uh, crepe myrtle bark scale. And you're trying to control crepe myrtle aphids, especially the bark scale. If you've not seen crepe myrtle bark scale, it's a relatively new insect. It's been around about 20 years. It came into the United States from China. We didn't know that initially. We weren't even sure what it was. We knew it was a scale. Scales are hard to identify. It looks like a giant mealy bug. And it was all over the, the stems, the twigs, even the leaves of crepe myrtles in the Richardson, Texas area. That's where it was first identified, brought into a Callaway's nursery. And then it spread around the North Dallas and Collin counties areas and, uh, uh, and kind of stayed there for a few years. 2007 was the high watermark of that insect. It was awful. And by the end of that summer, a, a, a ladybug moved in that really devoured it. But it still became a problem. And then black sooty mold grew in the honeydew, the sticky residue that that scale insect exuded, gave off. And uh, everybody got all alarmed about the black mold, the sooty mold. Uh, that wasn't the problem. The problem started earlier with the, the bark scale. Uh, but, you know, we are where we are. People are worried about the, the black mold. To get rid of the black mold, you get rid of the uh, crepe myrtle bark scale and aphids, too, for that matter, because they also give off honeydew. And uh, so you apply the soil drench, the systemic insecticide, imidacloprid, I'll spell it for you. How about that? It's one of the most common insecticides in the world, and you apply it around the 15th of May. Hello? It's the 13th of May. Hello? It's time to apply it. You put it on around the drip line of your crepe myrtle. It'll tell you on the label. It's a liquid. You put it on, water it into the soil, and it'll take it up through the plant, and it will provide the protection for one season, for one year. It's imidacloprid, I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D. As I say, it's one of the most common insecticides. You'll find it in almost every hardware store and retail garden center. I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D, imidacloprid, systemic insecticide. Put it on, water it in, and uh, that will give it a couple of weeks to be taken through the plant and uh, to prevent the... Uh, growth and development of crepe myrtle bark scale and crepe myrtle aphids. The other thing that we have, and I'll save it for after the next break or when we have another uh, time, uh, is a take-all root rot in St. Augustine. I'm getting so many calls and questions and everything else about St. Augustine that is coming out yellow this year. The winter was brutal on St. Augustine, absolutely brutal. And uh, so we'll talk about that uh, in the northern half of the state anyway. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But I will also tell you, oh, I want to go back to the crepe myrtle bark scale. This is the time to treat. Don't be calling me in, in a month and say, well, now I have it. Can I use the, yeah, you can, but you won't get the good control that you would have had you followed the recommendation back in mid-May. That's why Texas A&M research showed that mid-May was the time to treat. Mid-May. And uh, no, dormant oil doesn't work. Horticultural oil doesn't work on that particular scale. And other contact insecticides don't seem to work. So 
jump back and forth there. Forgive me for that. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back then and and uh, and hopefully go to some calls. 888-256-1080. Call right now. Jared Taylor is waiting for your call at 888-256-1080. We tell you about Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food right now to get your uh, lawn, your landscape in this case, off to a great start for this growing season. Don't beat around the bush when it comes to fertilizing your trees and shrubs. They need at least two feedings per year, once in the fall, once right about now. This is the time to apply your Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food contains 198 10 fertilizer. It uh, also has five micronutrients. This unique formulation creates a penetrating action that does the rest of the work for you by moving the fertilizer down from the drip line into the feeder roots. And uh, that means no need for digging holes, and that's good news for you. This tree and shrub food is formulated for all types of trees and shrubs, including shade trees and fruit trees and nut trees, evergreen, citrus, even tropical trees. And the uh, One of the greatest things about the makers of Fertilome is that they are dedicated to supporting local retailers. All of their products, including tree and shrub food, can only be found at independently owned garden centers, hardware stores, and uh, feed stores. To find your closest dealer, go to Fertilome.com and click on Find a Dealer. That's F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E, Fertilome.com. Click on Find a Dealer, and uh, it's packaged in the green bag. It's Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. It gets your trees and shrubs off to a great growing season. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you, sir. And if you'd like to call, we do have an open line right now. It's 888-256-1080. He said that. I'll say it again, 888-256-1080. We go to Gary and Brian. Gary, good morning. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. Um, I have a, a large amount of purple thistles in my pasture. I've been going out and pulling them up by hand, but it's Whoa. it's a never-ending never task. I, so, I mean, am I, am I doing any good to pull them up by hand? or Not for your hands. Just, yeah, well, I use I use some thick gloves and yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if if it were my situation, I'd be using a, a broadleaf weed killer spray, um, and frankly, I'd probably be mowing earlier to keep them headed off so they don't get a chance to bloom. But I'd be using well, a product we... containing two four D to kill them, and just direct it straight okay. down onto the 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 clump of leaves when they come up there in a, in a rosette of leaves, I'd spray that and that'll get rid of them before they ever have a chance to bloom. Well, it's a, I don't know if it's just a, so darn many of them. It's hard to, we ran our pasture and he's kind of in charge of spraying things. So a lot of time he, de, he hires it done and he didn't, they don't get here until, well, Later in the year, you have, to, you have to get in line, you know. And Listen, listen to, to me. Do I don't know how much time you spend and how much you value your time in, in pulling or hoeing or whatever you do with the weeds, with the, the thistles, but they could be sprayed in one-hundredth the amount of time it takes to, to remove them manually, one one-hundredth the time. You're working right. for two cents an hour if you're out there doing it manually. 
I, I, right. I am beady-eyed serious as I tell you that. You ought to but be you spraying spray the those. weeds. I mean, spray the, uh, spray the leaves. You spray the them when they're the size. Yeah, you spray them in early March when the rosette of leaves is the size of your palm of your hand when they're just getting started. You don't wait until they're big and unsightly. That might even in, in Brazos County, it might even be earlier than that. Uh, it might even be in, in early February. You have to wait until the weather is warm enough. But but you spray them at that time. You might even put a drop of liquid dishwashing detergent into the spray tank. Uh, you got to understand. I grew up with a father. This was his research for Texas A&M. He was the weed control specialist for Texas A&M. I watched him do this 52 weeks a year as a part of his research. And so I'm all about spraying instead of doing things by hand when it comes to weed control. And there's no weed any more noxious than that one is. My wife and I were going to a uh, we're going somewhere last night, and she said, you know, it's a shame those things are so nasty because they're beautiful when they bloom. I said, yeah, well, they're in bloom for about a week, and then they are super ugly and super nasty still. Uh, but the the spray takes care of them, but you have to do it way back when, not now when they're big and ugly. So if I do it now, I'm really not spinning my wheels? Absolutely. There are, they've already bloomed and gone to seed. You have you have a hundred times more now than you would have had because because they've bloomed. So next next uh, late winter, early spring, you know what the little rosettes of plants look like when they're starting. That's the time to spray uh-huh. and a product containing two four D number two the comma four uh, two four D the comma and four and then a hyphen and D and most of the two four D products also have a couple of other active ingredients. It's a, a mix called Trimec. Now you have to you have to use a dedicated sprayer. You don't come back and and use that same sprayer uh, to to mix up a pecan spray tank or something because you can't get all the the weed killer out of it. it, it it's just there. You use it only for weed killers. So buy yourself a sprayer, but oh my goodness, don't pull those things by hand. That's well, if it has those purple flowers, has that already seeded then, or no? But there are enough of them there that they have, and and your neighbors have them. They're everywhere. Just if you if you get rid of, they're big and ugly, and the cattle don't like them. If you get rid of them when they're small, then at least in your pastures, you're not. I don't deal with pastures normally on, on answers, but this one is so obvious. This is an easy one. Um, if uh, if you'll spray them when they're tiny, when they're ankle high, you'll never have to contend with them. Your pasture will look great. Cattle say, hey, thank you. Well, that Maybe. purple flower, I, I, I was thinking when they turn to that whitish on top that is that when the seeds are being yes. dispersed or? that'll happen a couple okay. of weeks later and then all of a sudden they'll fluff and out out will go the seeds because so, a lot of them have that purple flower right now is that that seeded already or no no but okay. but the nasty part's already there the big nasty thistle leaves yeah. and and the obnoxious part of it so you yeah anyway right you, you, you right. need to get rid of them long before now okay yeah, you can do it. Hey, I appreciate you. Okay. Call. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you much. You bet. Yeah, I I put out many an acre of herbicide with my dad when I was a kid in in middle school and and high school. By the time I was oh maybe a sophomore, or so I had a nursery in my backyard, and so I ended up working for myself more than for him. But uh, but I sure learned a lot from him. So. 
You know, I have been broadcasting at home because I have vertigo issues with migraine-associated vertigo, and I, so I came to my office when our uh, major phone company internet service went out. Now I'm in my office in McKinney, and we have service provided by the other major. These are two biggest names in in phone service, and the internet's out here now. <laughs> I can't win. So anyway. All right, I have radio service. I just don't know my phone line for my call screen. Let me tell you right now about Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. It is my book, and um, it is what I would like to get to you as uh, as your reference book. I think it will. I think you'll say, man, I am so glad I bought that book because it has saved me so much trouble, so much time, so many dollars in mistakes I was making. That's what I hope, and I think it'll be the case. 344 pages, 840 photographs, and one of the things that I think will help you the most is the the 25 multi-page charts. These charts let you compare plants. The 100 best uh, 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 annuals, the 120 best perennials, the list of annuals has all the wildflowers, all the, the cool season annuals, all the warm season, the summertime annuals. It tells how tall and how wide they grow. And this is true for the perennials as well. What colors they come in so you can plan your garden. Uh, what months they're colorful in. Excuse the grammar. All of that. It's all there for you. And, um, and that's just a tiny part of what's in the book. You'll have a list, a complete list of all of the crepe myrtle varieties, how tall they grow, what colors they come in, how we rank them in the crepe myrtle trails of McKinney Foundation, uh, whether they're good or not so good. Uh, it's just tons of information. So you have everything on uh, uh, from uh, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables, all of that plus the basics chapter, the first chapter, to get you started, and that 48-page calendar of when to do all the important tasks. So it's a, it's a hardback, it's on high-quality paper, and printed in Texas, and it's $36.95. It doesn't take much uh, that I can save you to save you $36.95. If you're buying the wrong plants, playing, you're playing geraniums now in middle of May, no, not in Texas. You do that in Iowa, but not in Texas. And so there, I've just saved you a bunch of money. Uh, whatever. So if you if you get this book, I think you'll find that you have made a wise decision. I'll buy it back from you if you disagree. I have always made that offer. 78,000 copies sold and not one request for a refund yet. Here are the two ways you can buy it. It's not in stores, not on Amazon, but you can get it from my website or you can call my office. The website is neilsperry.com. The office is 800-752-GROW. It's open Monday through Friday, business hours. And that's uh, 800-752-4769. And the website is n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y. Dot com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. Hi, Kelly. Thank you very much. Well, I'm using, using my phone now as my hotspot. Oh, my goodness gracious. What is with our phone companies? So at least that's working. So the Internet's both uh, at home and my office are down. 
two different major carriers. Uh, anyway, give uh, give me a call if you'd like to. As Kelly just said, 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Um, let me mention to you that uh, uh, if you have St. Augustine, you may very well be seeing take-all root rot. It is a fungal disease of the root system. Gee, really? You think? <laughs> From that name, take-all root rot? Uh, if you uh, pull on the, uh, the bl- not the blades, the uh, runners of an area where you have uh, grass that is yellowed and they come loose really easily, you say, oh man, must have grub worms. No, probably not. Uh, if, if the grass is yellowed and if they come loose easily, look at the, at the roots that are left. And if they're very dark, then that would be uh, that would be take all root rot. Now I'm not talking about dead runners that are were cold by uh, killed by the cold, or that were killed last July by by uh, chinch bugs. I'm talking about current trying to grow yellowed grass. That's a, a very important distinguishing difference. Um, and if you look at your lawn and it has areas that are bright green and areas that are yellow green. That's probably take-all root rot. It is a fungus. It is right in the surface of the soil. Uh, the, the patches that are yellow may be the size of a card table or three or four card tables. They may be smaller. And then there'll be some very bright green grass that's uh, quite healthy, thank you, in between. Um, the fungicide azoxystrobin, I'm going to spell it for you. Get a pencil. Uh, and I'll give you a shortcut. But anyway, that is the one that is recommended by plant pathologists with A&M and elsewhere at consumer level. Uh, it does a, a good job of, of stopping the, the fungus. We used to recommend peat moss as a, as a topical application on top of the soil, an inch of peat moss, but it only, it only uh, slows the, uh, the fungus. And uh, so as a result, you, uh, you're better off using the azoxystrobin. A-Z-O-X-Y-S-T-R-O-B-I-N. That's I-N, I think it is. I'd have to write it out. Azoxystrobin, A-Z-O-X-Y-B. Okay, I'm going to write it out. A-Z-O-X-Y-S-T-R-O-B-I-N. And that is sold as uh, Disease X, E-X, Disease X from Scott's. That's the shortcut, and available lots of places. Um, eventually, somebody else will have it as well, but that's that's where you can get it, and it should help. Um, this is a cool season disease that will abate uh, as it gets hot in June, but you may not be able to wait that long. It may kill the grass first. All right, let me take my last break, and then we'll go to uh, go to a call. Uh, Neil Spray's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes Thursday nights, just a little after 6 p.m. from my computer directly to your email. And uh, eGardens has a featured plant each week. It has the question and answer section where I answer your lawn and garden questions. It has also uh, the uh, 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 part that I call gardening this weekend where I point out the most important things to get done that weekend. And a couple of other stories as well. Uh, this past week, we had uh, uh, Diane Sitton writing a great story on garden flowers made from found items. And we have Stephen Shambly coming up next week. I have not read Stephen's story yet, but it'll be fun, I'm sure. 
And uh, so that's what you get in eGardens. It's free and always will be. I've been doing it for 19 years, but you have to subscribe to it. I will never give or sell your email address to anyone, nor will I spam you myself, so you don't have to worry about it. You can always unsubscribe very easily if you ever choose to. I don't think you will choose to, but there you are. It's written for the whole state of Texas. The way you sign up is go to my website where you go to buy my book, I might add. And instead of going to the book information, you go to the tab called eGardens. You can also see the most recent issue of eGardens there. That's at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on eGardens. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel buildings and durable metal roofing. But Mueller means so much more. That name Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, means that you'll have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers to help design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing behind your warranty. And it also means you'll get tons of added value, such as roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. If you want to find out more about Mueller products, go to Mueller inc.com give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER that's 877-268-3553 or stop by one of their 33 locations muellerinc.com because Mueller means more i'll have more after this message every week did he say every week yeah, for about 35 years now every week. Thank you very much, Kelly. Let's uh, go to Jack in College Station. Jack, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. I wanted I to did. see if you know why we're having problems with cedar trees dying down here. Small ones, fairly large ones. I've got two on my property that have uh, died at probably 8 to 10 uh, diameter wide trees. And then other small ones. All right, help Never me. You're, you're talking about eastern red cedar, the juniper. Uh, or are you talking? Are you talking about Leyland uh, cypress? I I can't answer that. I uh, I don't know specifically which species, but the common ones that you would see around College Station and Bryan. Nah, okay, that's not going to work. I, the, <laughs> the the veterinarian has to know if he has a donkey or a goldfish here. All right, let me yeah, I, let me let me ask you. Just answer me because I only have about three or four minutes. Are you talking about trees that also happen to be native out in the woods, or are you talking about only a plant that is only used in landscapes? Oh no, these are definitely native in the woods. All right, that's eastern red cedar, Juniperus virginiana. I grew up in College Station, and right. so I spent a lot of time around those. Um, I, I'm going to give you an answer. I have those all over my property in in Collin County. Uh, same plant exactly, and I, I see them dying occasionally, not not like you're describing. Um, the uh, the things that will kill them, uh, most common thing that will kill them is spider mites. It's not common. And then bagworms, those are the two pest problems that they have. Um, I would say spider mites are pretty unusual on, on that particular species of juniper. They're very common on some of the cultivated types. Um, right. You've looked for, it's mid-May, it's a little bit early for bagworms. You've looked for bagworms? 
Yes, there there are no bagworms that I've seen. All right, then you need so those to take. Obvious. When did you first see these dying? What my what, uh, my most prominent one that I mean is right beside my driveway is uh, oh, probably about three months ago, four months ago. So first of the year, and In this the other one the I just time? noticed, sir. In the middle of the winter time. Not well. I guess that would be about the middle. Yes. All right, and this is okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell. I've, I work with these all the time. I'm just going to say it again. I want to make sure you're not talking about blue point juniper, or not talking about um, uh, one of the other, or like Italian cypress, or some of the things that look very similar to eastern red cedar juniper. A lot of people confuse them. Because those will get spider mites, and the spider mite that gets into those plants hits in February, very commonly in February. Mm-hmm. But in that case, I'm giving you an answer for a different species of plant, different, totally different genus of plants. And so, the best I, I'm, I feel so helpless because I can't see the plant. You need sure. to get to you need to get to a, a certified nursery professional to get the plant identified. What I would suggest you, okay, here's what I would suggest you do uh, in the interest of the two minutes I have left. Take a, a clipping off a part of the plant that is dying, not dead, and thump it over white paper. It needs to be declining. Take a piece of pure right. white paper, thump it, and you're going to look for the little specks of dust. If you see any of them start to move around, those are spider mites. They may or may not be there, may not be spider mites, but if they're there, and they start to move around. Do it when the, the twig is dry, not when it's just been raining. If you see them moving around, then you're going to need to get an insecticide that is labeled for control of spider mites, and you need to spray it. You probably have to spray it two or three times a week or ten days apart. All right. If that's not it, then you need to take a photo of the plant and get the plant identified because you may have uh, uh, you may have one of the, the stem cankers and you may have uh, blue point juniper or one of the other junipers that has a, a host of problems with, with dieback. They will die back commonly. Blue point especially uh, dies back. Look up Clemson University uh, and, and dieback and, and the University of Maryland. They have the best illustrated and, and North Carolina State. They have the best illustrations of dieback of junipers. Uh, I've had that in eGardens recently. I don't think in the last two or three weeks, so uh, photos of those from those websites, links to those websites, and uh, tip dieback of those junipers and and see if you can uh, find a match and see if that looks like what you're seeing. The Half of the plant will die, a branch at a time. Is that at all? No, these, kind of, these just kind of turned all at once. Okay. It's like all of a sudden it's, seems like i know it wasn't exactly like this but it seemed like you know the tree looks normal then all of a sudden you say wow that tree is turned brown all right and that then, sounds like spider mites i'm gonna go back to that then and let you let okay. you read the check that i gave you for that and that may very okay. well be it yeah and I, in the meanwhile i would take a photo if i were you if you post that photo on my e-gardens as i mentioned at at six o'clock sure. as soon as the e-gardens comes out you'll see the q a and if you'll post it right then, you'll make. We we have to put a meter on it because I can't answer hundreds, and so there is a limit. 
And if you'll get it there right at six or six six oh two or five, uh, it'll it'll make the cut, and I'll be happy to look. I want to help. I want to help. That's a good way to do it. I'm, that's my good music, deal. so I'm Thank out you. of time. Thank you, Jack. I'll try my best. Thank you, sir. Folks, that's it for this week. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for listening. And uh, Kelly said we're here every week, so I guess I'll be back next week. Um, so anyway, Jared, you going to be back next week? He is. Yeah, we'll be back. Have a good week. Until next week. Happy, happy Mother's Day. Happy gardening.